The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Guys, so my, you guys know I have my cute, iconic microphone. So I got the same one because it's a baddie microphone. Influencer. And I know, not me influencing. Um, <laughs> the only thing I've ever influenced. Um, and she literally asked me how, because it's like double-sided. It's like one of those like 60s mics or 50s, whatever. Decade. So two people can record on the same mic if they want to essentially, but both of, Cindy and I have our own mic. So yeah. both of our settings, like our dual settings are off. Sarah asked me how like which way to hold it and i told her and then she proceeded to hold it the opposite way <laughs> and started talking we had recorded like the first half of this episode not the first half you're like, so first, dramatic we recorded like, the first two minutes, two minutes and 17 seconds and i was like girl your microphone's backwards she's like no it's not i was like <laughs> yes it is but that's so funny is if you ever try and tell us here something she will immediately say no and then be like oh yeah <laughs> like, okay. i mean you know what though like i'm always i may be wrong a lot of the time but i'm confidently wrong you know what i mean so yeah. it's like I won't be like, mm, maybe you're right, maybe you're wrong. It's like, no. And then I'll be like, oh. It doesn't fine. even bother me because I think it's honestly very entertaining. <laughs> I like to see the wheels turn. No. Cut, cut it out, Sarah. Cut it out right cut now. Cut it out right now. Oh, my God. I can't even believe you. That's okay. like the one thing my parents always say to me. Was, cut it out right now. I'm like, oh. That's not even me. Um, I wonder when parents get really, really mad, they like really their like force their lips together you know what i mean it's very like it's like if anyone has black parents i know like then you have to say a sentence that's coherent and say and you're like okay that's how you know my mom said that her mom was always the one who was like i love my grandma she's so sweet she's like the sweetest woman alive i can't even imagine her doing this but she was always the one to get very like 
aggressive, like, yell, scream, like, belt, hanger, whatever the fuck. And her dad was very, like, he had this, uh, like, the eyeball, they would call it, because my mom's one of two, and they would call it, like, the eyeball, and he never had to say anything, like, whenever they did something wrong, they were terrified of the eyeball. Like, yeah. I got pow-pow when I was little, which is just, like, a baby tap on the hand if I did anything wrong. You would have thought I was getting that's, skinned alive, though, for how much I cried when I got that's the white parents. No. And that is, no, but the eyeball is, what, like, Remember, I'll never thing. forget, because, like, all my, well, not my parents, but my grandparents are all immigrants, so, like, they got the, the immigrant, you know way of parenting which is probably illegal in the u.s but um i never went over to because i grew up in jacksonville i went to like a private school like i went jewish private school and then well, it wasn't necessarily jewish private school but everyone there was jewish which i actually love so i like to get to know about all these religions but anyway i would go to my friend's house and their parents would be like go sit on the stairs and they would like lose it crying <laughs> and i was like i would look at them like they were crazy you are sitting on a stair as punishment and you are crying and like they be, they be sobbing, and I'm like, if y'all spent a day in my household, ooh, y'all would act right. But like I see the way even now that like my white friends talk to their parents, and it genuinely blows my mind. Like even you and your mom, yeah, and like our roommate Chance and her mom, I'd be like, Zooey mama, my parents <laughs> would not let that fly. Zooey mama, no, we get in like screaming matches, and then you know the walls are really thin. So after I'm done, I'm kind of like really upset, and I got in the living room, and Cindy was like, if I talk to my mom, ever talk to my mom that way, like how even a little bit, you just talk to your mom. I can't even say what to my parents. <laughs> they say, what what'd you just say? I'm like, oh. <laughs> no, I wasn't talking to you. Talk to the air. Uh, when I was younger, like if it wasn't pow pow, I would go sit. And there was like a Winnie the Pooh chair, right? And that was my timeout chair. And it was at the top of the stairs. So I, and like in our old house, the top of the stairs would like look over the bottom so you could see everybody else having fun. My parents, here's what my parents were really good at when I was little. They were good at screaming at me for like three hours straight and then carrying on on the phone with each other, like having a grand old time. And that made me really upset in my timeout chair because I would sit there and watch them have a good time. And again, you would have thought the, I was getting... That's where the FOMO began. Literally, exactly. No, and this is your fault. You <laughs> literally would have thought I was getting flayed. Like, yeah. The way I was no, you got pow pow, I got a whoop ass. <laughs> <laughs> There's that one TikTok that was so funny when a little kid is literally taking like a marker and he's drawing on like the white leather of the car. And little girl goes, you going to get a whooping? I was like, I'm literally so dead. Well, little kids on TikTok are so bad. My whole TikTok is literally children. Really? It is. Not in like a creepy way. I just like love, I think babies, I have like baby feet. I think they're so cute. Uh, Cindy's TikTok is literally like the cutest dogs you've ever seen and babies. And that's yeah. it. I don't even like dogs like that. Exactly. Really. I remember this girl in middle school was like, if you don't like dogs, you're literally the worst person ever. And I that hit me deep. I was like, girl, goodbye. I don't understand why so many people like, I feel like you either love cats, like you have one, or you actually can't stand them, like you hate them. I don't really understand that. Like cats are, I'm like, I would never really want a cat as a pet, I don't think. But like, I would never really want a dog as a pet, I don't think either. You know what I mean? But like, as as like my own pet, but because uh, Chance has a dog and she's just like the best. But if Chance had a cat, like I wouldn't feel any different. Do you know what I mean? What do you think? Do, do you like hate cats or? I don't, I I feel like if I was an animal, I'd be a cat. I'd you mind my would. own business and be Cats are chilling, the they sleep for nineteen hours straight. Literally. Just being intellectual or whatever. Yeah. But I feel well, like they're so smart, cats. Can't. I feel like this is gonna be psychoanalyzing for a second. Okay. Let's let's get into it. Let's really let's get like into to it. really dig into it and like delve into the topic. <laughs> um 
people there's those there's that like large section of people usually in like high school to make it very known or like elementary school or whatever obviously there's the horse girl that's like the end of the spectrum they like would talk about marrying their horses and i'm like girl that could seem cute because you're seven but let's not say that out loud anymore no it's giving a weird impression in the words of sydney keep it in the draft literally and they were like neighing on the on the recess field whatever it's called playground yeah <laughs> i'm like why are you on all fours neighing get up <laughs> Um, that's like one end of the spectrum i was an animal kid when i was like little so i'd walk around on all fours in the playground that was my shit right there yeah we can tell (laughs) (laughs) i'm kidding it's that my theater kid yeah it's like it's like the walking on all fours to theater kid pipeline um all theater kids did that if you're a theater kid you tell me you didn't do that when you were in like third grade don't even lie to me don't even lie to me right now Ooh, and the tiptoe like, sketch your kids. In the middle of that spectrum are those people that are like, I literally like dogs more than humans. And like, okay, it's always competition. Like, some girl will be like, I like dogs. And they're like, well, I like dogs more than people. Like, okay, calm down. Literally. Maybe you like dogs because they literally can't get away from you. Like, they're forced to be your friend and that's creepy. <laughs> that is creepy. Also, like, they are way more likely to, like, give affection than cats, for example. So that's just a little bit, not not that, like, not all even, dog owners are, like, I was a dog owner. Like, not I'm not saying that, like, if you have a dog, you're a creep. Because it's kind of well, like. Yeah, that's dumb. <laughs> if you have a dog, it's a one-sided conversation with someone who literally can't leave the room. If you look prefer that more than human touch, let's 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 psychoanalyze that a little there, bit these bitches in my class when we were watching the pearl harbor movie they cried over that there was like a dog on the boat on one of the boats and they were crying about the dog literally literally this girl in my class started crying and i was like girl nine thousand people just died like what are you okay that's like we Gotta watched for them. dances with wolves in sixth grade mm-hmm. bruh i do not know how they showed that to children it's literally rated <laughs> r so i don't know how you watch that in school but like mind you like they're slaughtering like indigenous communities in this movie like slaughtering them and my, everyone in class is like, mm. then some, there's like, there's literally a montage of like a dog, then like an arrow flying. And they don't even show where the arrow goes. We like assume the dog dies. These people were losing it. <laughs> I was like, you just saw literally a mass genocide and you were crying over the dog. Obviously dogs are animals. Dogs have feelings. Dogs deserve to live too. I'm a huge dog lover. But like, why are, but... pe- why are people in, like with yeah. movies, especially there's even a website for it where it's like, you could look it up. That's how it's on TikTok to see if an animal dies in the movie and you won't watch it. But, like why do you have more empathy for the animals you do for people? Shouldn't you have empathy for both? Anyway, it's weird behavior. But no, whatever. some dog owners are actually so creepy. Like if you let your dog lick the inside of your mouth, I don't have any respect for you. <laughs> no, uh-uh. there's no dog sitting in my bed. There's no dog licking my mouth. Ew. Where were we where that dog was licking the back of my knee and I didn't see it? And I was like, what is, what is touching me? <laughs> I don't know. It, I was with you. Was it in Paris? No. Mm. I think it was here. Mm. No. They had like just, maybe it was a chance. I mean, it was a chance. Um. And this dog was licking the back of my knee and I was like, hello. <laughs> Ooh. Ew. But I mean, what I like dog dogs. What kind of dog was it? Oh, one of them big old things. I like dogs that I like. Wow, thank you. Yeah, so like insightful. if like there's just some that like you're like I like corgis, and I like the little like par- like little itty bitty ones like the Maltese and like I like the one from Lady and the Tramp, not the Tramp, the Lady. Mm. Um, that yeah, yeah, you know I don't know, them big ones are cute from afar, as long as they're not all up in my grill because mm, whatever. Anyway, actual topic <laughs> of the day. Um, no, ten minutes talking about dogs. In reality, we really want to talk about Paris, but yeah. we saw cute dogs in Paris too. Oh my god, there's one dog. It was literally the oldest dog I've ever seen in my life. And it took like 20 minutes for it to pass our table. And it literally so talked. Sad. 
Italy stopped and used the bathroom in front of our table too. It was like a really a whole fiasco. It was very cute though. <laughs> it was so sad, but we were laughing so hard. And I feel like I can laugh because I had a really old dog for obviously a really long time, and she would just like run into walls. And it was really really yeah. funny. But obviously, like I loved it. Like that, I'm you know she passed, which is really really sad. But watching that dog struggle sometimes. <laughs> so oh, oh poor baby. I know, and it's so sad, but you, you have to laugh or else you're going to It's like crying. watching babies, like, try and do normal human things, yeah. like, walk, and they, like, can't. <laughs> and it's so cute. But it's okay. We gave it lovins and everything. It was cute. Oh, wait. Also, before we start the topic, because we did get a review about this, we wanted to address it. Oh, yeah. We're, we were talking about our apartment situation in New York, which I have an update on that anyway, because um, it's been, whoo, it's been a mess. Someone was saying that they thought that our uh, comment about, like, broker's fees was misogynistic. Which I don't really understand in the sense that not all realtors are females. I feel like if anything, like assuming that might be misogynistic, but um, or that like it's a feminine uh, profession, whatever. To clarify what we were saying, because I thought we made it pretty clear, but like just so people don't get the wrong impression. My stepmom was is a realtor. My mom was a realtor. So like I'm not disrespecting realtors. We were just saying that we think that because the process of finding an apartment, especially in New York, has become streamlined so much to the point where like. We do all of the work. Most of the time, people don't even get to go see the apartment. They'll see like streeteasyapartments.com, whatever, find the listing and just apply. They don't even go see the apartment. So like the entire process, not at any single point did they get like help from like a broker or realtor or whatever. Um, And like with the way that it works getting an apartment in New York, you have to make at least 40 times the rent in most places to be able to qualify for the apartment. And obviously we're in a recession, like the pandemic just happened. A lot of people are graduating or like can't afford to like show their 40%, whatever. So the fact that people want to then like not only pay first security, first month rent plus security deposit, but also pay like $8,000, $10,000, whatever on top of that as a quote unquote broker's fee, meaning that like they get money to the broker to help them buy the apartment mm-hmm. when like that process has been such, such streamlined so much, especially in New York City, that it's a very big financial burden on people looking for apartments. We're like, I can't afford to give 20 grand up front for a 20 square foot apartment, you know? And so what we were trying to say is that that burden should not be on people looking for apartments. We wanna get to a point where realty companies pay their um, employees like a salary or whatever, or the landlords, take on the burden of paying for brokers because they are doing them a favor by finding them a person yeah so we're like, not, we're not saying, saying that, they're not doing work and we're not yeah. saying that their work is any less valuable than like um any other profession but what we are saying is that like we just feel like this money in most cases because when you have like a designated realtor yeah like you as the client have to be paying yeah, but like we're not them. your client if that makes sense yeah, like i found this them. apartment you couldn't even like meet me at the apartment to show me these people need their money. These people have professions. They have jobs. They have families to feed, whatever. But I'm just saying that, like... That burden should be on their company to pay them. They shouldn't have to rely on a broker's fee to make a living. You know, like, their company should pay them for their work and for the value that they do. And so that's just our opinions as two girls who are not realtors and do not own companies. Anyway... (laughs) We can give the apartment update and then moving to New York things. I feel like that makes more sense. Yeah, so uh, stay tuned for our next episode, which is actually coming out in a few days, not like next Thursday. Well, there is an, uh, there is an episode coming out next Thursday, but there's going to be one in between that because we were in Paris for two weeks, so we didn't post 
last week. Uh, so don't worry, that episode is coming and that's going to be like an update on New York and like we'll talk about our apartment search in there and hopefully that'll be helpful for anyone like looking to move or looking to move to New York or just like moving apartments in general. Sarah's gesticulating like she's on camera and it's really making me laugh. <laughs> like she's like flipping her hair and like pointing to things and I'm like, Sarah, no one can see. <laughs> My gesticulations have been so bad recently, like crazy in the air. I, I'm a huge hand talker. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com, that's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. So, speaking about culture or whatever, we weren't, but we <laughs> We were like 20 minutes ago. Um, so me and Sarah went to France for two weeks, went to Paris yeah. for the first half, and then we went to Nice for the second. And it was a very spontaneous trip. We literally booked it like two weeks before we left. But, um, you know, we figured we graduated. I'm starting law school soon. Like we're going to a new phase of life. We're going to celebrate, do whatever, earring. Um, Sarah touches her earrings a lot. I'm trying to make her break the habit by yelling at her when she does it. Yeah, so if you hear, like, randomly earring in this episode and I forget to take it out, just know. I'm trying to help Sarah about. break her habit. Yes. She's trying to help me out as a good friend. Yeah. <laughs> and I somehow have to watch her play with her earrings all day. I love the feeling of the back of my earrings, so I'm always, no, like, messing with them. No, this girl getting maximum it. pleasure from those earrings. <laughs> I'm going to post a video of Sarah playing with her earrings on the story so you guys believe me. Yeah. I'll do a montage of everything that happens in a day. It's at least 40 times a day, so it won't be hard to get. 
Um, yeah, and so that was a huge theme of our Paris trip. Like, Sydney was literally trying to help me so hard to break the habit. And it's just not working, but we're, 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 we're thinking up alternate solutions right now. Yeah. Solution number one is just don't wear earrings, but I think my ears stick out a lot, so I think earrings really helps, like, minimize that appearance. But you guys at Sydney always tell me they don't. I think they do. Also, I get I got that comment on TikTok one time, and now no one can tell me they don't stick out. Number two is, um... What's it? Magnetic earrings. So I, I don't yeah. play with the actual like backing, if that makes sense. So yeah. it's like less pointy. But then we made her take her earrings out yesterday. And she's playing with the lobes. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? But I, my other plan is to attach little buzzers to the back of her earrings so that like from long distances I can buzz and make her ears shock every time she touches them. <laughs> I really do want to wear kind of like a shock ring or something during my wedding so that I, if I, oh, oh, if I get my wedding pictures back and I'm playing with my earrings and all of the pictures, I think I'm going to actually jump off. See, that'll be for another five years, God willing. Yeah. So we're going to make sure that it's broken by then. Yes. But you know the like gum you would get in like second grade to trick people where you like pull it and it shocks you? Yes. I don't know why they saw that. Those were very weird And invention. like the pen that if you click it, it shocks yeah. you. Yeah. Like, I'm going to make that in earrings and I'm going to give it to you and every time you touch it, it's going to <laughs> like a little fly zapper. There's a handshaker too you just had on your hand. You went like yeah. and buzzed the shit out of it. Oh, I that, hated that. That oh. like genre of humor to me, I it's don't understand. So it's like pull my finger. You are 40 years old. I'm not pulling your finger. <laughs> that, to me, is the equivalent of a lot of, like, stand-up comedy routines. I do but, not find stand-up comedy funny. Yeah. Like, I most of funny. the time. Yeah. I think a lot of, like, underground comedy shows in New York are hilarious. Like, sometimes they'll surprise me. I'll go. Sometimes it won't be funny at all. That's just how it is. Sometimes people, like, bomb. But then, like, sometimes I go to this, like, comedy show where six people are there and it'll actually be the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. I'll Rough. be crying laughing. Sarah and I went to one a couple months ago and she was the only person laughing the entire time. <laughs> even one of the comics was like, yo, this isn't even that funny. And she started laughing again. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, back to Paris. Yeah, anyway, back to We have to a few stories topic. we need to tell you and I think I'm going to let Sydney kick it off with what happened on the plane ride to Paris. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I travel a lot. I would consider myself a very frequent flyer. I've yeah. never gotten sick on a flight. In fact, I'm literally, I'm the person that like sits down, falls asleep before we even like take off. Also, she never gets motion sick on boats, yeah, trains, ever. planes, nothing. Like anything having to do with travel, like motorcycles, boats. I'll go up to the bike story. <laughs> motorcycles. As there's a motorcycle outside of our window. Yeah. I hope y'all like that ASMR. <laughs> yeah. Like any of that stuff, I've never gotten motion sick ever. So it has to, it hasn't to do anything with sickness either. But I wasn't feeling well the day that we left for Paris, and like I took a COVID test and it was negative. So I just like wanted to make sure like I took medication before going on the plane. I took Delsim in the morning, and then I bought Dayquil for the flight because I didn't have any Nyquil. But I had to take it before I fell asleep because it was an overnight flight. So I took it, like whatever, went doze doze to sleep, was sleeping real good. And then I woke up at like 5 a.m., like two hours before we were gonna land, and I d- did not feel right. I was like, bruh, something is very, very wrong. I don't know what it is. And like the poor man next to me, he was French, and he was talking to me the whole time. He was like, oh, are you French? And I was like, no. And he was <laughs> like, oh, but you, you seem French. And I was like, I know, I have a certain je ne sais quoi. But um, he, I literally was like, hmm, something feels wrong. I just like kind of like coughed a little bit and threw up into my hands. And he, and then he was trying so hard not to look at me. And I literally was like, I, I think it's like my tray table was down because I had like an orange juice and a tea. And I didn't know what to do with it because there was literally vomit in my hands. So, That's so cool. and I couldn't move the stuff because it was mm-hmm. in my hands. So I just like put my drinks in my elbows with the throw up still in my hands. 
and like ran to the bathroom and I could just, it was very disturbing. And I kept throwing up for like a little bit and then it was fine. It was, that was in the bathroom though. Thank goodness she made yeah. it eventually. But uh, I think what's important to note in this story is that I didn't help Sydney because I didn't know this was going on because two things. One, the flight messed up and Sydney and I weren't sitting together on the plane. So I was like in the main cabin and Sydney was like a cabin behind. And then... Also, there wasn't Wi-Fi on the plane. Like, didn't they say the Wi-Fi broke or the something? The Wi-Fi broke. I was like, this girl. How does Wi-Fi break? Isn't Wi-Fi like an abstract concept anyway? So I don't understand what Wi-Fi is. <laughs> Me neither. I have no clue. Is it like a floating orb in space? <laughs> or is it like a tower? I don't know. Is it, t- is it like a lighthouse? I don't even know. <laughs> oh my God, is it a lighthouse? I don't know. I literally couldn't tell you. I think it's like air particles. Bro, I literally can't. I I took one science class in the entirety of my college experience. And she probably was like, please just get out of my class. (laughs) No, but so the Wi-Fi was broken. So Cindy couldn't text me that this is happening. I didn't know. We had no way of communicating with each other. And, you know, and Cindy wasn't going to go find me. There was also, it was like a little turbulent on our first flight. So Cindy like wasn't going to come and find me. Um, but oh my god, ew! There was like vomit on her sweatshirt. We got on my plane. bar sweatshirt, which is so annoying because I got that for free, and I'm not. She wanted in a giveaway. Yeah, bro, guys, I'm so good at giveaways. She's so good. She always fucking wins. Like anything I have nice in my closet is definitely from a giveaway. But anyway, so sick on the plane. That was nar fun. So you would think that experience would be a bad omen for the rest of our trip, but I really do have to say it was the most, you know, give or take some like moments, which you will know, we're about to tell you. <laughs> give or take a few moments, it was literally the best vacation I've ever been on. It was so fun. I hardly ever go on vacation without my family, so family. Sorry. <laughs> it was really really cool. Just like being by myself for a little bit and uh, you know, getting to experience like a new culture and seeing some history. We went to like two museums <laughs> we literally do. We didn't do like anything touristy, and not even on purpose. We just yeah. didn't plan anything before we went. So we were like, woke up and we'd be like, "What are we gonna do today?" And, it would and be we'd like do 1 it in the PM worst we way possible. Yeah. No, and we thought we were being smart too because we don't. We were like, we don't want to be stressed out on this vacation, like reservation, reservation, whatever, train ticket. Like we we want to do it kind of last minute so that we you know we can go by our plan and not really predeterminist schedule like we thought we were being really smart about it but then we actually got there and we're like we really should have done this in advance especially with trains because if it's like peak hours uh, like the train from paris to nice that we almost lost that like we almost didn't get to go because we had no way of getting there because you had to like reserve seats on the train you had to get a Eurail pass it was wild but get your Eurail tickets in advance that's like the, mo- the biggest piece of advice i could get you like that was the two most- months in advance that was the like, main stressor on our trip, for sure, with train tickets. Like, literally two two months in advance. Yeah. Um, speaking of trains and travel, <laughs> bro. So, if you guys do not know or you cannot tell, Sarah is a princess. Sarah is oh. a princess through and through. Mm-hmm. She's an only child. So like, it's the math is mathing. And as someone who is one of four children, sometimes it's literally a wonder or a marvel for me to see unfold. Okay, so we are getting on the train to go from Paris to Nice, which is, like, a six-hour ride. And I literally got us first class seats on the plane, on the train, which is like 20 bucks, it's not that big of a deal. But you get like access to a bar and like you get like nicer seats, whatever, for Sarah's comfort. So, and I had to stay on the phone for like two hours to get these tickets. So I was like, hopefully like it's fine, smooth sailing, whatever. We got to the train station two hours early and almost missed our train. (laughs) We were literally, because we were trying to pee and we were standing right in front of the train and almost missed it. We finally get to the train. We had to go up. I'm not even exaggerating right now. Four steps. It was from the, the like, what's it called? The platform, mm-hmm. like the ledge, to the train. 
and then two steps up to put your bag there. I somehow, I like put my bag on and kept walking. So I assume Sarah like got it. And like, I, it's like five minutes goes by and I'm like, where is Sarah? And she finally comes and this girl saw me. And I'm like, why are you crying? She was, I just carried my bag up all those stairs. I was like, Sarah, you had one bag and it was four steps. And she's literally like, I hit my head. I'm seeing stars. And she's sobbing. And I'm like, girl, okay. Uh-huh. Okay. The so I think the I think it was I think it was sensory overload because it was a lot at once, right? And like I get really bad sensory overload. I was trying to lift my bag up the stairs, he almost missed the train. I hit my head really hard and Cindy does not believe me, but I swear I hit it and it hurt so bad. And so that made me cry. Cause like you know when you get like punched in the nose, you just like start crying. Mm-hmm. It was like that. Like I didn't want to cry. I was like, Cindy's totally gonna make fun of me when I start no, crying. See, but then I literally was. Uh, she was actually very comforting in the moment. She did not make in fun my head. Of me. I was really kiki. No, because she waited twenty minutes. Sarah, will, <laughs> Sarah <laughs> will describe an injury to me, and like if it was any other person, I would take it at face value. Mm-hmm. But then I will be around her when injury unfolds, and it will be like a paper cut, and she'll be like, I got my hand slashed open <laughs> in a mosh pit with some sharp device. And she'll like actually hit on the edge of a wall. So that's when I do question what led up to the injuries at the moment. I do give a reason to question, but I will say is like, I was sitting there crying, and Sydney was like, it's okay, it's okay. And then I stopped crying, and she was like, you're so dramatic. I was like, you're literally so dramatic. <laughs> it was so funny. She's actually the Leo and a hypochondriac. Yes. So it, like, definitely is, like, oh, yeah, we should get, we had, I had a tally going of all of Sarah's injuries. It was, like, a paper cut, a mosquito bite, and she's like, I need to go to urgent care. It's really swelling. It's red. It's bleeding. I was like, girl, because you're aggressively scratching it. <laughs> um, and that day was crazy because... I get really motion sick on trains and boats. Like, I'm really good in cars and planes and buses, but with trains cars and, and boats. And trains and and Delilah. Hi there, Delilah. It's like in, it's like in New York City. City. It's a thousand miles away. You're welcome. But they got all the forms of transportation. Why is he not with her? Whatever. Exactly. She didn't want to be with him. Whatever. That was a weird day because we were sitting backwards on the train. So I get really motion sick on trains and we were going backwards. And I was like, this is not going to be fun. I took like 19 Dramamine and passed out. It was insane. <laughs> uh, don't do that. Don't take 19 Dramamine. And I didn't do that. I'm exaggerating. But that was certainly an interesting day. But then we finally got to Nice. It was like 10 p.m. Oh, my God. It was 10 p.m. when we got to Nice, and all we wanted was food. We had not eaten yeah. in, like, eight hours. And both of us were hangry. We didn't want to say it, so we were like, stop. Like, literally, I was like, Sarah. She's like, what? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, so we were literally, we got a little gussied up, too, and our room was so hot. Oh, my God, there was no AC, so we were actually dying. We exited the Airbnb to go find some food, and there was no food. Every single restaurant in Nice closes at 9.30 or 10. If you go visit Nice, don't think you're going to eat. Don't think you're going to eat past 10 p.m. unless you go by the beach. Yeah, I'll say, the crazy part is we did go to dinner later than that every night of the week. We were, like, at, like, a beach club, like, yeah. eating. Those Ugh. are the only places that are going to be open past, like, 10 or 11. And yeah. only on weekdays. And it's only if you get there early, you just stay for, like, five hours. Because, like, in New York, earring. In New York, you can only stay for, like, 90 minutes in most restaurants because of COVID. But we would stay at a restaurant in Paris or Nice for, like, five hours. Genuinely five hours. And we'd, like, miss being able to go out because we'd be there all night because we were in love with all the waiters, basically. Yes. Every single waiter in Paris is a man. And they're all attractive. Yo, it's like they brought, like, the only qualifications needed to be a waiter is to be attractive. Badass. I had (laughs) six loves of my lives in France, and they were all waiters. And they were beautiful. Like, wow, they were beautiful. And they were, like, giving us so many compliments. And we were, like, literally stop. I've never seen a dude do this in New York. 
when we were in Paris, some guy was bothering... No, when we were in Nice, some guy was bothering us at dinner, and uh, we, Cindy and I were so over it, and we were very visibly uncomfortable. Guys bother us all the time in New York. We are also very visibly uncomfortable sometimes in New York, at nightclubs, at restaurants, whatever, and, like, no one does anything. Literally no one does... It's very, like, my drone business in New York. In Paris, it's like that, too, and the same with, like, Nice. It's, like, very similar culture-wise, Paris and Nice, but, like... They will help you. We had a waiter come over once and secretly type a message on Cindy's phone pretending he was going to give her a nightclub recommendation. And instead of giving the recommendation, he asked, like, hey, I can see this guy's bothering you. Are you guys okay? And it made my night. I think, like, that was one of the most nice things I've ever seen a dude do when I feel uncomfortable. Do you know You know what I Like, do you get... Do you ever no. get man help here in New York when you feel uncomfortable and, like, men are around and they visibly see what's happening? No, they just start bothering more. Literally. But it's... The worst part was, I was like, oh, not him giving me his number. And then he was like, do you need help? And I was like, oh. <laughs> yes, but I also need your number. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take both on a platter. Literally. Right nice was really fun, though. The, the nightclub scene is really nice on weekends in Nice, for sure. Yeah, like, once it hits Wednesday, it's hard to get, like, a vibey. Yeah. Oh my god, so speaking of nightclubs, mm. um, probably my favorite story about Paris. Okay, we went to these, like, floating bars on, along the Seine River, but, like, literally no one there spoke English, like, no one would talk to us, and but it was still fun, because we talked to ourselves, but um, <laughs> we decided, because, like... so lame, it's because we were. We were. We made friends um, at this one restaurant we, like, went to literally every night, so, earrings, and so we kept get, they kept asking for, like nightclub rex and at some point we just like went on maps was like let's go to the place that we find open so we go to this club called silencio and um really cool very vibey very dark and we're having a grand old time and i have to use the bathroom like expeditiously like it was a earring now situation i said earring like 60 times <laughs> um so we're waiting in line and the line is so long because there's only two stalls and one of them someone like fell asleep in or something or it was locked or whatever and so um, we're waiting in line, and this guy comes into the line, and it's just being extremely transphobic. He's making jokes about like skipping the line because he's a woman, etc. And like, people are very obviously pre- like pissed off because like not only was the joke not funny, it's also rude and transphobic and homophobic. So also he wasn't trans, by the way. He wasn't trans. Obviously. He was just like a, like a guy trying to be funny to get attention because obviously nothing else works for him. But um, so like everyone's like shooting him off the line, like whatever. And then he said it, the first time he said the joke, it was in English. And then he left, he came back, and he said it again in French. And at this point, I was fed up because not only is he being transphobic in my space, earring, but number two, I'm trying to use the bathroom when he's disturbing my peace, you know? <laughs> like, I was, there were like two people left in line in front of us, so I was like, I just want to get in and get out. So I turned to him, and I was like, your joke was not funny the first time, and it's not funny now. And he like, kind of looked a little bit confused, so I was like, your joke did not land the first time and it's not gonna land the second time and so he's like whining whatever and he's like how about you know you're in france how about you speak french and y'all know very well i don't speak a lick of french besides we baguette <laughs> so i was like je m'appelle what else did i say you said je m'appelle parlez-vous no it's like parlez-vous je m'appelle blank blank beep 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 um some profanities and, and it was the best it i've ever moment. seen she got a round of applause from the line. It was really great. Everyone was, like, patting her on the back. And then I'm not really good at insults. Like, Sydney literally 
makes up insults in her free time, and she's really, really witty and, like, quick on her feet with insults. Because I can't fight, and I have siblings, so I learned how to use my words. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just really not that good at insulting. Like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm really not that good at insults. Like, I'm very, very, very afraid of confrontation. And so she said all that, right? And I was, like, she was, like, riling me up. Like, she said all that, and I was really into it. So I kind of stepped in front of her, and I go, yeah. And <laughs> I was, like, was so okay. funny. <laughs> so that was, like, my contribution to the argument. And it's funny because, like, Sarah literally sat there with her hand over her eyes when that was happening. I was like, see no evil, see no evil. Like, what is she doing? But yeah, like, I'm I'm very much a pacifist. Like, I don't fight anything like that. But I did grow up with three siblings. So like, I knew, I know how to stand my little ground, you know? <laughs> but yeah, as you say here, we're always in the business of humbling men, especially disrespectful men. So not us doing the Lord's work. <laughs> no, exactly. We do the, we're doing this work in New York. In Pennsylvania, in the Peace State, in LA, in Jacksonville, and in Paris. We're going international, baby. Oh, humbling men everywhere. Worldwide. <laughs> Mr. Worldwide. Dumb <laughs> no, our friend Finn did like his entire year project in Spanish on just Pitbull. <laughs> and and didn't he dress up as Pitbull for like three Halloween streams yes. or something? He was like, um, he said like, Senor Del Mundo. I was like, that's not what that means. But thank you. <laughs> Senor Del Mundo. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking. When we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. I think also one big thing we noticed was like there's a very big culture difference between New York City and Paris specifically. I think they're on 
not compared, but like when you talk about like big cities around the world, it's usually like New York City, Paris, London, like etc. But like when we go out here, earring, you, <laughs> um, when we go out here, like we obviously like Sarah and I are developed on the top, and like no matter what I wear, I'm gonna look like I'm trying to show something because they will show because that's just how the way my body works, and so. Like, one night we went out, and I was wearing, like, um, like a lace corset. But it wasn't, like, one you're thinking of. Like, it had sleeves. So, like, I was wearing that and literally, like, mom shorts and a button-down. It was very obvious that the corset wasn't lingerie. Like, yeah. when she says corset, that just means... It's just the it's shape. Like, it's like, like a it Zara everything. corset. Yeah. Nothing was showing. Oh, it, was very, it was appropriate. And, like, I had a button-down on and shorts, but, like, I wear a triple D, so, like, my boobs are gonna show and things. And, like, that already is an insecurity that I have in general. So, like... Being in a foreign place and, like, whatever was weird. And, like, Sarah's wearing, like, um, a tie top and shorts. But, like, her midriff is showing. We're walking down the street. I have never gotten so many, like, snarky stares. Not just stares, like, comments. And they're lucky I don't know no French because <laughs> I would have been like, uh, excuse me, excusez-moi, you want to say that to my face. Pardon. <laughs> but, like, people were giving us such nasty stares that, like, we had to go home and change before, like, going to get drinks after because, like, it made us that uncomfortable. But, like... At first, it made me very uncomfortable because I think America has such, like, a big push of, like, it's, like, a mix between a body positivity and, but also sexualizing your body. Because, like, in the one hand, like, America does push, like, oh, like, dress sexy, dress fun, but, like, they don't push it for certain body types. So, I feel like having that battle, but also, like, being in a culture in France where, like, they do dress very modestly, not just modestly in terms of, like, cuts of clothing, but, like, they wear, like modest colors as well like there's mm-hmm. very much like a neutral color palette like long skirts blowy pants button downs like a very laid-back linen, linen literally everywhere yeah. also it was very rare to see like big big bold colors if that makes sense. like yeah. we did see them but only strictly during the day like at night no one was wearing color it was very very like strict but you know and like all we packed were bright colors with our <laughs> boobs sticking out so it's interesting like um it's like sarah wore like a yellow rose shirt one day and like we got stairs too but, like, that was funny because we got attacked by bees at every single meal we went to, probably because we were dressed like flowers. But Sarah <laughs> had this one top where, like, the top itself is a physical rose. Like, it's a gigantic yellow rose. And bees were just flocking to her. And she's getting up and running around the restaurant screaming, <laughs> being, I'm allergic, I'm allergic. She's not allergic. And this happened, I think, at seven meals in total. And it was certainly something to to unfold, to, exactly. to witness. I was lying out of my ass because I knew these people were going to judge me because no one else was getting up and screaming it was very 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 particular to me and Sydney but I was obviously way more extra about it than Sydney just because that's how it usually goes with anything with me and Sydney but so I'm like running around screaming like falling over myself crying and the waiter was like what's wrong and I'm like there's a bee and he was like okay and I was like and I'm deathly allergic and he was like okay let me get that for you I was like that's right that's right they would like pick it up with their hands or like just like put their hand out and land they did like throw it and I'm like uh, oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Do that. There's this bee woman on TikTok. I don't understand. She's like, I could just tell by the vibrations of the fuzz that these bees are nice bees and they're not going to sting me. You <laughs> like, have to get it. That's another day of saving the bees. I love that woman. I want to be that woman. She would be sticking her hand in like a full house. She's like, oh, they give me little kisses. Maybe they're stinging you. They're stinging you. And bees make my like my like neck crawl. You guys know the whole story of me breaking my foot running from bees. But like at mm, mm, eh, mm, no, I can't do it. I cannot do it. The noise of bees, especially like the z- sound, 
it activates my fight or flight, and it's both fight and flight. <laughs> so I don't know what that is, if that's a condition or something. But yeah, it's it's not it's not for me. It's this is funny. Me. We had a really really cute picnic outside of the Eiffel Tower. When I say really, really cute, it was really, really cute for like two minutes before we got actually chased out of the park by bees. We had bees two were bothering. <laughs> bees were bothering nobody else having a picnic. There were people picnicking all around us. The bees were just bothering us, and I don't know why. But anyway, I started flinging my bag at them, like, because I just got really mad. I'm like, you're not going to ruin my perfect picnic Eiffel Tower moment. And so flinging my shit at them, being really aggressive. Some guy comes over to try and help to gather our food for us to get away from the bees because we weren't going to do it. And he was like, as long as you're not aggressive towards them, it's fine, they'll go away. And I was like, fuck. Sarah literally going Kung Fu Panda on them. Literally <laughs> smacking them with her purse. Kung Fu Panda. Literally. I was going tigress on those bees. And literally, our picnic was so funny, though, because, like, we spent all morning looking for a fromagerie, like a cheese shop. And we found the cutest one. And, yo, stores in Paris just be on their own vibe. They open at 8 a.m., close at 10, open at 1, close at 3, open at 4, and then they close at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning. Or they'll, like, take off the entire day on a Wednesday. And I was like, y'all are just, that's why y'all so happy. So joie de vivre, because y'all don't be working. But the man was so sweet, because, like, he didn't speak much English. We didn't speak much French. So we were like, can we have Parmesan? He was like, no. And he gave us something else, but something else is really good. But it was the worst picnic ever. The flight, our, like, um... Our blanket for the picnic was the blanket from our flight from Delta. Sorry, Delta. Um, we had two pieces of cheese, literally the size of like my thumb, from the cheese shop. We got like five pieces of salami, um, the weirdest shaped baguette I've ever seen in my life. Like it was a deformed one in the back that they gave us. No, that bakery woman, she had something against us for sure because I literally watched her pick out our baguette amongst a sea of perfect looking baguettes. Yes. And she picked out the one that looked flumpy. Light. It looked flumpy. I was like, why is it so misshapen? And then like we got um, like cheap Prosecco and our guy was like, um, is that Prosecco cold? And we were like, no. He was like, Oh, wow. I was like, I'm literally so sorry. And we also forgot cups and forks and knives and plates. So we just had to eat all of it with our hands and drink off the bottle. So it was certainly a sight to behold. It really, really was. That's that's the theme. That's going to be the title of this, a sight to behold. Yeah, that's so good. It, I, I think that can apply to literally like most things that happened on our trip uh, because we were having fun the whole time. But if we weren't having fun, it's a great story. And we're going to tell everyone. I do want to give like a little recap of what we did though, just for like funsies. It'll be like two minutes long. We got there. So as I said, we spent like half the time in Paris. We went to the Louvre. We went to the Palace of Versailles. The gardens, best part of the trip for me. We had so much fun. All the fountains were off. I'm just warning you now, France is in military time. And so we went to Versailles and our ticket said 1430. And I was like, oh, it's a typo. It's probably 1230. And mind you, Versailles is like a ways out of out of Paris, like an hour maybe. So he went to Versailles at twelve thirty, and he was like, "Your appointment's at two thirty. And I was like, "Um, no, it's not." And he was like, "It says fourteen thirty right there." I was like, "Yeah, it, they mean twelve thirty. He was like, "Military time." So he had to go eat for two hours. But yeah, don't do that. He was so mean. He was so fed up. He was like, "Do you know what fourteen means, little girl?" We were like, "No." I was like, no, obviously not. So I'm here two hours early. <laughs> Uh, but that was Versailles is just really really gorgeous we saw like the queen's room the king's room I don't know if that's like proper terminology it's definitely not but yeah, that was really fun and the gardens are the best part um, and then we saw the Louvre which was really cool we went shopping we went to the gallery uh, the Lafayette Gal- you know what I mean the, ga- la- <laughs> the, <laughs> the, <laughs> the gallery de Lafayette yes uh, the really like famous shopping center which was really fun 
a lot of the scenes in Emily in Paris are shot there, so if you're ever curious. Oh, yeah. Sarah was, like, so anti-Emily in Paris for the longest time, and ended up watching both seasons in, like, two days in Paris <laughs> at night. I was like, mm-hmm, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. That was actually the best, though. Like, if you have a Europe trip soon, especially if you're going to go to Paris, and, like, you haven't seen Emily in Paris yet, watching it for the first time in Paris was such a cool experience because Sam and I would get home and it would be like midnight or 1am and we'd just watch Emily in Paris until we went to sleep. It was the best. Yeah, her wearing like melons on her head and dressing like Harper from Wiz Waverly Place is a lie because no one's looking at her all these boys are falling for her and I was like, I walk out the door and I look, look at me crazy for wearing pink. So, Literally. Okay. I don't know. So anyway, we didn't go up the Eiffel Tower but we did picnic outside of it which was really cool. The only reason we didn't go up is because Cindy and I have already been to Paris like multiple times and we've already gone up the Eiffel Tower and we didn't want to. We did want to view though so we went up the Arc de Triomphe like we climbed all those stairs. All those stairs. I think I don't like the, the view from the Eiffel Tower in the same way I don't like the view from the Empire State Building because that's most those are the two most iconic buildings in the cities that they're in so you want them in the view. Mm. So like when you go to the Arc de Triomphe whatever you however you say it. Number one Girl, them stairs. You have to go up, like, actually, and flights of stairs. But they're, like, a circular staircase enclosed in, like, a little stone, whatever. So you get vertigo. Vertigo, vertigo, vertigo. So. So bad. And there's so many steps. I got my 10K steps in that day, though. But the, you get, like, a 360 view of Paris, and it's insanely gorgeous. Because you're at the center of, like, the, where the arrondissements, like, do whatever they do so yeah that made no sense yeah like the divides of the streets (laughs) they're like in the shape of whatever but um yeah there was no point in me saying all that but no it's important because i mean if you're gonna pay to see a view we highly recommend having the eiffel tower in your view um because no one's gonna know it's paris unless you have like experience and brains and I don't so and there is obviously something to be said about going up in the Eiffel Tower and having the Arc de Triomphe in your view but we were good with it not being in our view specifically just like us that's a, an option that we decided to take uh and we also did see the Arc de Triomphe like every single because we it's not like we lived close there but for some reason like every time we would travel like anywhere we would pass the Arc de Triomphe so like we got a lot of video footage of it and like I saw it a bunch of times also we've seen it before so anyway um then we went to Nice. It's a six-hour train ride from Paris to Nice. We stayed in Air- we stayed in Airbnbs both places. Um, they were both so nice, by the way. And then not, not like nice, like extravagant, but nice, like we were really lucky. You know, they were in great areas and like they were quaint, small, but like very, very charming. Um, our Airbnb in Nice. Um, we oh, no no okay so we went to Nice and then we rented out like beach chairs. Um, do you know what the place was called? I'll, I'll maybe find it for you and, like, Cindy can put it somewhere if you're curious. It's, or like, we'll, like Cote, The beach is called Cote de Azur, but it's, yeah. like, um... Like, the specific place we went. It's right next to Blue Beach. Yeah. But there's, there's like, there's, like, a million places in a row, so, like, anywhere you go on the street would be nice. And it's all gonna be very similar to price. I think we paid, like, 60 euros. It was 30 euros each. So, for, six, yeah, for the 60 whole day. total for us to rent out the... Yeah, and for the whole day, too. So, it's not, like, a time frame, which is really, really nice. Uh, you can order, like, from your chair. It was it felt very luxurious, but it didn't cost as much as we thought it was going to cost. Like, in America, that'd be at least, like, 60 bucks for, like, an hour. Right. So. Per person, too, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, we had the best. That's what we did, like, our three full days in Nice, and then the nightlife in Nice is really, really fun. Um, if you're into more, like, clubbing stuff, I'd definitely recommend going there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then we took a day trip. When we were in Nice, we took a day trip to... Monte Carlo, which was really, really fun. Did you guys know that Uber is banned in Monte Carlo? Because I didn't. I tried calling an Uber, like, five times. I was like, why is They that have right? no rideshare services. I think it's because it's such a small country 
that they want you to use their taxis because it's gonna only gonna help with like their own e-commerce and stuff like that. Exactly. Um, e-commerce is not the white word, but it's twelve. And I don't know what to think. Yeah. Um, think. we had a fashion mishap that day. Some coffee oh, yeah. spilled. My on entire outfit. glass of coffee spilled on my brand new outfit. I had to go buy a whole new outfit, and I was like, they must think I'm out here like Kim K, because a whole new outfit, I took out new shoes, too, because I got coffee all over my Converse, mm. but whatever, it was my, um, what's that movie? Monte Carlo, is that what it's called? <laughs> yeah, it literally, it was Monte my Carlo, Selena, Selena Gomez, Gomez moment. moment. Yeah. But other than that, that day, I feel like, was one of my favorites as well, very close second to Versailles, because we saw all the casinos, we saw all the really cool sports cars parked out front of the Hotel de Paris, we went to Cafe de Paris, which is insane, uh, I got my first designer bag! Uh, in Monte Carlo, it's Fendi Beckett, which is really, really cute. I'm very, very lucky. I was so excited. I was like... Took her seven hours. Yeah, to pick my bag. To pick her bag, and she picked it in five minutes. Because I wanted to make it, I wanted to make it, like, a very good decision. The bag that I was originally going to do had, like, skulls all over it, and it was really gross. Yeah. I don't even know why. It had a gigantic black skull on it. It was an Alexander McQueen. And, like, you stick your fingers through the skull yeah. to hold the bag. I said, Sarah, Sarah, you wear pink, frilly, fluffy, big tutus yellow roses sparkles glitter you are never going to wear a black skull bag with black like rhinestones on it and she's like yes i am i was like okay girl no that was a definitely a lack of judgment what's it called it's like a clouded clouded moment you know i finally picked one it's just like a classic black baguette which is really really nice and very lucky for that and then we walked along we try to go to like the top of monte carlo like there's this viewing platform to climb a bunch of stairs we gave up less than a quarter less than a quarter through. but we walked like we walked up the first like incline we were like mm, no. no 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 it was way too hot it was way too hot it was they say go in may is the best time to go because it's not super hot but it's nice enough where you can like enjoy your day out yes i second that because obviously we had a great vacation the only thing is is like it was literally just dead hot especially going to like nice paris was actually really nice it was like 75 the whole time Really, really great. You know, you maybe wore, like, a light cardigan going out at night. But Nice was actually dreadful. Like, yeah. hot, hot, hot. Um, What other... Do, was that it for the stories? Yes. So, welcome for Dilly just dumping stories on me <laughs> for an hour. <laughs> but, you know, if you have any questions, if you're going to take a Paris trip or a South of France trip soon and you have any questions, feel free to let us know. Uh, we definitely want to take another trip like that next summer. Maybe, like, a little bit more on the affordable side next summer. Um, or a little bit more on the affordable side. More on um, that let's book it not two weeks. <laughs> yeah, let's do it not so last minute and maybe plan it for more of like either the beginning, beginning of summer or like the end of summer, like early September. The only thing is, is Sydney has law school, so those are kind of like the parameters we're working with. But, um, and she'll, she'll talk more about, because her law school starts in like a week, so she's going to talk more how she feels about that next episode. Can you guys hear me cry in public? Uh, crying in the Columbia Law School Library. <laughs> I have a Converse tan. Ooh. Ew, I need to get my, oh my, whatever. I have ringed tans from the vacation. Mm. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. As always, you can follow our Instagram at Crying in Public Podcast and our TikTok at the same name. And you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeart, or wherever you choose to get your podcasts. We love ya. Bye. Bye. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. 
Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo play hey guys back at the playground again huh yep you know what this playground could use a wine country heck yeah and some waves so we could go surfing oh, <laughs> ah, love that a redwood forest would be cool i'm in ah ski slopes let's do it um ten a girl go shopping yeah, baby. wait did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.